Hello, this is Ethica America, where we check in to see how America is doing. We are your hosts, Aaron and... Oh, I'm... Oh, oh uh, who are you? I, for- I forgot. Shit. Hi, Ryan. Oh, that's right. I'm Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> and this is part two of the news. Last week, we talked about how government kind of using the news to push their own agenda for uh, World War One. And uh, uh, the Germans were using radio to uh, kind of get everyone on board on, for their agenda. And then England was using that radio to get people onto their <laughs> agenda and kind of pushing that propaganda to fight the Germans and babies and bayonets. Right, right. And I mean, they weren't just using radio. Um, a lot of that was just being, you know... Um, over over newspaper i mean germany did have one of the most well i should say one of the first i think it's actually the longest if i remember right the longest uh established radio um tower i don't know if you can call it a tower but i don't know the right word um but regardless they have one of the longest radio transmissions coming from uh from what they used during world war one I. I gotta look that up real quick because mm. I had to throw it. I had to dump everything out of my brain from part one of this episode to fill it up with part two of this episode. Right. And I'm still just confused. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, part one was basically just an overview of like why the government controlling their own news is not always a, a great idea. No, it, no. It kind of, it kind of leads to this, uh, control the government pushing their own propaganda and their own idea and it not and it being biased right and right, we, right. we kind of see that i mean we kind of well, see that nowadays too with our our news channel stations on tv oh for sure man um i mean it doesn't help that like during world war one uh, Woodrow Wilson enacted the Espionage Act of 1917, which was a law that was passed shortly after the U.S. Uh, entered World War One that criminalized various forms of dissent and provided penalties for actions deemed harmful to the war effort, right? So, like, you're speaking <laughs> bad about the war. Um, that's not allowed. Like, uh, the government has put this put this down. And this, surprisingly, like, for during World War One, like cases went to the Supreme Court mm-hmm. for this and for the Sedition Act, which I'll get into in a minute. But cases went to the Supreme Court about this, um, particularly a labor union or a couple of labor unions that were acting in the name of communism over here, um, not acting for skilled laborers, but just mm-hmm. acting for every laborer, right? And keep in mind, they they were definitely like communist style labor unions right but then again all labor unions are kind of communist style labor unions where they're like hey you know you can only make this much if you've only been here for like three years you know your starting wage is your starting wage based on your previous experience and whatever we were hiring for the position but yet they're, they're very regimented i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah but but he, these cases went to the supreme court and the supreme court initially was like no we uphold it like you know, this this was a time of war, and at during times of war, we do need to be able to um, censor the media a little bit and keep a positive image for American morale. 
Right. If we don't have that positive morale, then we kind of get into that Vietnam of like, should we really be over here? And we really shouldn't have been over there. Yeah. Yeah. But then like, I think it was like four years later or something like that. The Supreme Court was like, no, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, it's the same judges. The one who gave like this very clear response in the beginning. And then the next time he's like, no, when it comes to national security, I I make it akin to uh, yelling fire in a movie theater. If somebody needs to yell fire in a movie theater, they should be allowed to yell fire in a movie theater. But if somebody's yelling fire in a movie theater when there's no fire, then there need to be actions for those uh, right. or consequences for that, rather. So we um, saw a lot of uh, anti-war in World War II, though. I mean, that's where like all the uh, flower power and all that kind of hippie mumbo jumbo stuff kind of came around but i think we probably had that around in world war one as well i just don't yeah remember i don't know i think the hippie stuff was largely more after the korean war and during the vietnam war um because i i don't remember the exact dates but the korean war was like what 53 to 57 maybe yeah that sounds about right i don't really see any i don't remember seeing any like anti-war for world war ii yeah well yeah um i mean and there wasn't a whole lot i mean keep in mind though world war ii entirely different scenario so like japanese like bomb pearl harbor and it's like okay that's a direct a direct attack on u.s soil yeah but we also probably uh should have entered world war ii a little bit earlier than that but we also i guess i don't know i guess it depends on well, how much information we actually have from what the Germans were actually doing, but I mean, you got to keep in mind though, too. I mean, you know, there's there, there's good documentation on um on wartime and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and the reasons that we get involved and all that stuff. But like, it it seems like, well, so keep in mind that America was established in 1776 we're a relatively new country and we're just kind of getting used to the idea of war, I guess, Mm -hmm. even though we have one like every 30 years or so. (laughs) Like, I don't understand that, but that's, that's for another episode. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, like like, when should we interject in wars and when should we not? It's a touchy subject. And a lot of times maybe we should have entered in and helped people. And other times it's like, Maybe we should not have done that. Well, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, it's six a, six in one hand, half a dozen in another. I mean... Right. It's uh, it's all in hindsight where you're like, eh, maybe that wasn't a good idea. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, I still say hindsight is 50-50. Yeah. And I don't mean 20-20. I, I mean uh, 50-50. Yeah. 20-20. Yeah. I mean, that's just good vision. Yeah, yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's probably why they say hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, <laughs> I just say it's fifty fifty because like history is always biased. So, it is. Yeah, it kind of just depends on the news. Well, yeah, I mean the victors write the stories, right? I, I mean, do. and I mean every country is prone to. I don't want to say edit the history books, but lean towards history books that put them in a more favorable light i guess especially when your government controls your education system that makes sense i mean 
if the government's in control of your news media and also your history books and what you're reading, it it kind of sounds like a communist <laughs> communism. But we're not going to get into communism. We already established this far before this podcast started. That is a whole can of worms that I've been researching <laughs> for a week. That <laughs> we're not Just getting like, into communism, right? We're but, not into communism. but not well, actually, today. well, we, we might touch we, on it. I don't know. We, yeah, we, we we definitely will touch on it because that's about where I was gonna go with this ex- yeah. espionage act of uh, 1917. <laughs> right. So the uh, so espionage act of 1917 uh, criminalized various forms of dissent and provided penalties for actions deemed harmful to the war effort, but it targeted acts as espionage, sabotage, and a, obstructing recruitment or enlisting or enlistment in the military. So like you're interfering with that like it, uncle sam's going to have a word basically and it was used to prosecute individuals who opposed the war or expressed um anti-government sentiments right mm-hmm. so i mean it, it's very vague terminology i guess is all i'm going to say and we'll get into that here in a little bit um but then the following year the sedition act of 1918 was passed right and also the Immigration Act of 1918, but we're going to cover the Sedition Act first. So the Sedition Act of 1918 um, amended the Espionage Act, so it added on to it, and expanded the scope of punishable offenses. So it criminalized any expression or publication of disloyal, profane, or abusive language against the government, the flag, or the military. And then the Immigration Act of 1918 provided the basis for deporting individuals suspected of radical political beliefs or affiliations. And it authorized the expulsion of non-citizens who were considered anarchists, communists, or otherwise advocating for the overthrow of the government. So, so, so the government was saying, we have to have this war and any anti-war talk is banned because we need people to think war is good so people will enlist in the war so they can fight for the war but you have free speech buddy yeah kind of <laughs> we kind of have free, we have free speech as long as it doesn't say anything about anti-war yeah 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 or anything negative about the government right yeah. and as long as you're not oh, a communist boy. because like this was used a lot like um so oh god uh I gotta look up a name real quick. Oh, um, is, this, is this law still in effect? Are we all gonna go to like prison because we're talking about anti-government because we're uh, socialists what, or something? One of them is actually. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> if it's the Sedition Act. I think it's the Sedition Act that's still in place. No. Um, uh, let me find my tab. Um, I think it's the Sedition Act. Is Sedition Act still in effect? And that's the one where you can't talk about anti-war stuff, right? Well, I mean, they're both about that. But um, the Sedition Act specifically has more to do with um, any expression or publication of disloyal, profane, or abusive language against the government, um, particularly during times of war. Um, Oh, okay. And... uh, no, that one's not the one that's in effect. The one that's still in effect is the initial one, um, which is the Espionage Act. Um, that was actually used not too long ago. Uh, so I couldn't imagine like that, the Sedition Act still being in effect just because we have so much of 
anti-war in everything. Right. I mean, yeah. we had I mean, when we were over there in uh, 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 for that war against weapons of mass destruction, we we just had so much anti-war. <laughs> So they can't well, really enforce that. Yeah, but I mean, you know, the the Espionage Act was used to, uh, um, uh, that was used in conjunction with the Immigration Act. Uh, so, like at the, so I guess we should touch on this. So, um, probably right after. Um, Sorry, I'm drawing a blank. It largely took place right after World War One, but it had started during World War One, right? But anybody who pledged loyalty or was affiliated with the Communist Party of Russia, right? Oh, yeah. They would just get exported. Yeah. Ex- expedited back to the country you go. So, and it's weird because we actually fought alongside Russia, right? Mm. But we have a lot of deep-seated hatred for Russia because they just have never really aligned with our viewpoint at least historically though in the 90s there seemed to be hope and then it that's a completely different topic for a completely different day but i could talk to you about it for hours (laughs) so but um so like okay so after these laws were passed these acts right yeah um the attorney general uh well there was a there was a radical who he bombed a bunch of or attempted to bomb a bunch of places of um, yeah, basically where prominent members of um, Congress or government parties resided, right? One of which being uh, Attorney General uh, Mitchell Palmer, right? Um, and he wasn't injured. If I remember right, his nanny or his housekeeper was injured, right? Mm-hmm. And he just became pissed, which... I mean, somebody puts a bomb in my house, I'm going to find them and I'm probably going to kill them. So like the fact that like he just went kind of ape shit and uh, decided to start these Palmer raids. Right. It, I get it. But like somebody should have realized that the guy was probably a little bit biased considering that he himself was, you know, the uh, a person who had been targeted by these. Um, I'll just call them terrorist groups but really it's just by people who didn't necessarily agree with what the u.s was doing um so you can call them a lot of them like they the worst part is like right after world war one like it was the first red scare right and they seemed to target a lot of italian americans which is i thought was kind of weird but then i thought back to benito mussolini right and then I thought back to the fact that, like, he was friends with uh, Francisco Franco, right? Uh, he was, I think he was leader of Spain at one point. Um, but Mussolini being the uh, fascist dictator for at least part of World War II, right? Like, it, it's not so, um, how do I want to put it? It, it? I guess it's not so illogical, to go after Italian Americans, if you know what's going on overseas, maybe. Um, but this guy, General Mitchell Palmer, he started the what's known as the Palmer Raids, and the Palmer Raids were a series of government-led actions in 1919 and 1920 to arrest and deport suspected radical individuals. Right. So, like nowadays, I mean, 
you can kind of think of like how we treated Muslims um, right after right. Uh, or how right we treated after 9-11. Oh, the World War II. Oh, well, I mean, maybe they deserve to go to internment. They didn't deserve to go to internment <laughs> camps. I'm not going there. No. Like, man, like, and the worst part is we had such a good relationship with Japan before, like, World War II. It's really weird how that changed. And then right afterwards, it's like nothing happened. It's like totally bizarre. But I suppose that's what happens when you militarily occupy a country for however many years. Right. So, And whatever. we still have, like, uh, Asian hate going on in America, too. Yeah, to some degree. I mean, we're not putting anybody in like internment camps, no, but I remember no. during COVID, like I remember yeah. during COVID, somebody spitting on the plexiglass at my local Chinese restaurant and then like just swearing at like the woman behind the counter. And she just looked unfazed. But it like had he tried to come behind the counter, like I'm sure she would have grabbed the butcher knife and like slaughtered his ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so. so weird how that uh, how this portrayal during times of like hecticness and crisis like the pandemic or war that we just have this weird viewpoint of people that are part of that like i have enjoyed pf chang's all through the 90s (laughs) and all through the 2000s but this decade i think the chinese it's like what the hell man like come on like like I'm not saying that like communism's like this absolutely great system or anything like mm-hmm. that, but like most of the people living under a communism machine, communist regime, like they're just people. Yeah, like, they're just as chill as you and me. They just want to go about their day to day life. Like the only reason to really be involved with any sort of government in general, right, is just because the government offers you some sort of benefit, whether that benefit is protection or social aid such as like you know medicare or 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 whatever that's the only reason to allow yourself to be controlled by a government really when you think about it like that's like can you imagine the first governments which once again another topic for another day (laughs) but like the first governments like you know you probably have this guy who's like oh no i'll protect you from the wolves or I'll protect you from the fire. Don't mm. worry about it. And it was probably the guy who was controlling the wolves and the fire. Like possibly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. But um, but anyhow, like that there's only so many reasons that like you'd want to be part of a government. And that's usually for some sort of benefit for yourself. So, you know, instead of the John F. Kennedy, don't ask what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. That's kind of a bullshit statement because that never would have gotten like anybody going like, you know, in caveman times. No. Yeah. It is a weird, it's a, it was probably a good statement then to kind of push whatever agenda he, they wanted to push. But when you yeah. really think about it, it's like, no. Now, what can the government do for me? Because, like, me giving up all my rights and stuff for a country is uh, not in my best interest. Right. And, like, don't get me wrong. I, I think if there was no government, by the way, and I'm certainly not proposing anything like that, but I think if there was no government, most people would just want to get on with their day-to-day activities. Yeah. That's it. They just I mean, want to go to work. They just want to, you know, pay for the house that they have a mortgage on. And that's it. It's that simple. Most people are chill. Yeah, people just want to uh, eat, sleep, and be happy. Sometimes people want to shit, though. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I've met some weird people. 
that makes them happy sometimes so but so anyhow back to these palmer raids um so like thousands of people including immigrants and u.s citizens were targeted from these raids right and they like they would have like very little evidence right and they would just barge into people's houses and be like you're under arrest under the sedition act and the espionage act for speaking bad about the government and then they'd be like um but i'm a bible thumping christian and when they say no you're a communist get into the get into get into the van the van <laughs> well, I don't think they had bands, but yeah, I mean, they, they would probably just go because like a bunch of guys with guns, that seems like a bad time. So especially if you don't have one. Yeah. So, I, I mean, and I'm sure that like it started out well intended, but when you put somebody like uh, General Palmer or Attorney General Palmer in a uh, position of power after he himself just had his house bombed, do you not think that he's going to rain down holy hell? Like, that was just a bad idea. So, I mean, whatever. But the raids were characterized by widespread violations of civil liberties with many individuals detained, and there was a lot of this happening without due process. Now, eventually, like I said, the Sedition Act was repealed, mm -hmm. and a lot of these guys kind of got amnesty, right? But it's like they still spent four years in prison or four years detained or whatever. You know, it's like that's not that's not right at all, man. No. So, I mean, that sounds like a bad time. And and was the uh, government at the time pushing this as a good thing that they're doing in the news? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, like they were like, oh, we're catching all these communists and doing all this. But like after World War One was over and like a year had subsided, people kind of got the vibe that like they were being manipulated in some way. Mm -hmm. And there was this big disdain for like the government on these issues, man. Like there was this big pushback. Like, like, as I mentioned in the last episode, the CPI, which is the um, oh, what is it called? Uh, sorry, uh, CPI acronym 1920. Children Protecting uh, Investors. It's definitely not them. Oh, the Committee on Public Information, right? Oh, man, so they started... Yeah, you were definitely not right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, so they uh edward bernays worked for them which we'll touch on here but once again that's a conversation for another day it it really sucks how much these things are just so intertwined that you need like you need such an understanding of what happened here and there to be able to put everything into perspective like everything just kind of funnels down to like well really world war ii and then it kind of cools off for a little bit and then it, it gets heated again but but so the Committee on Public Information, as I mentioned last time, they were basically our government's propaganda department that um, we had spurred off of uh, Great Britain's, right? And, like, they were putting a bunch of information out there about how, oh, you know, Russia's real bad, you know, how... Um, bunch of like propaganda out there like that was their job was to spin the story and like get public sympathy going towards the government mm -hmm. you, you know what i'm saying like 
their job was to manipulate everybody. And eventually everybody caught on and they're like, yeah, dude, like we won't be part of that again. Like, no, like they, they had such an unfavorable opinion that like it was the committee on public information was actually dissolved in 1919 because like everybody just hated them. They hated how they were manipulated. Right. Mm hmm. And then in the meantime, you have a bunch of white and black soldiers who fought together in World War One. They thought they were going to come back as equals because over there, like, you know, they're going life or death, like, you know, saving each other, you know, fighting right. side by side and all that. And then they come back and then all of a sudden it's like, I don't want anything to do with you. It's like, what the fuck, man? Like, I know. And then we yeah, had uh, it's like <sighs> the whole racism thing going on from well, like for years like we didn't oh, have we didn't finish yeah. segregation until like the 60s or 70s had to have been the 70s dude so like so in 1920 as an example um there was a black community that was burned down um and um like just um greenwood right also known as black wall street one of the wealthiest black communities in the united states mm -hmm. right and like as a result of this attack which was like i think it was some farmer right it was it was near Tul tulsa oklahoma and i think it was some farmer who had a plane who was just dropping like firebombs and shit on them right and it was a bunch of like white people who like this was a black community that like black people had migrated to because they're like okay this is a prosperous community we can work with each other you know there's no hatred here and all that stuff right and as a result of the attack like i i think it left yeah okay so it left 10,000 people homeless it destroyed 190 businesses 35 blocks were systematic systematically looted and burned like it was fucked up dude like so while everybody's talking about the roaring 20s right it it wasn't roaring for everybody or no. maybe it was just roaring, but roaring in an entirely different fashion. Yeah. And, but and the media didn't report on, on that very much because like, like I said, like white America did not care. Like it was, they got back from war and then they just parted ways. And then things just went back to the same way that it had been. Like it's, it's really kind of fucked up, dude, but. Right. And segregation, the accident and, the segregation acts happened in 64, I think, so mid 60s. But I mean, all that stuff still happened after the 60s and even till today. Like, all that right. stuff is still prevalent. Uh, well, and I mean, you think about it. Yeah. I mean, just because the government says something doesn't change everyone's mind on it. Right. And I mean, the abolition of slavery, I mean, like, what, what was it? The Civil War ended in 1865, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the idea was that they would just walk amongst us as equals right <laughs> that was their idea at the time mm -hmm. and then like some guy in a southern plantation who like so keep in mind that like the confederate dollar right at the end of like the confederacy started their own monetary system but it got hyperinflated and at the end of the civil war like during the last months it was worth two cents to a federal dollar no oh, joke <laughs> yeah so and then a month after that like it was still used a little bit as far as currency goes but it was pretty much worthless like the paper it was printed on was more valuable at that point so like <sighs> it's it, it left a lot of people in the south very poor which that that kind of sucks 
So like there's a lot of events there, but as a result of abolition of slavery, they just kind of took it their own way where they were like, okay, well, whatever, but just because you're not a slave anymore, doesn't mean that I have to treat you as an equal, which is completely bullshit. Right. Exactly. That's a lot of of what that mentality was is, is just because the government says you're equal. doesn't mean you're equal in my eyes. Yeah. But you see a lot of that after world war one too. So it's like, just because I fought alongside you doesn't mean that we're the same now. Right. And it's like, that's just kind of a a shitty mentality to have. It is. But like moving forward from that in the 1920s, right. Um, starting at the very beginning of the 1920s, um, 1921, only 1% of homes had a radio, but that number grew to 75% by 1932 public media really started growing during this time. Um, In the 1920s, media really began to change, right? So Edward Bernays, who, as I mentioned, was working with the CPI, he's the the founder, or he's attributed to being the founder of PR, right? Public relations, Mm -hmm. right? He basically invented the field right he starts doing advertising right now before this you your advertising was traditionally people doing things like patent medicines like do you know anything about patent medicines by the way um you have a patent on a medicine and then you have that for a while and then eventually it can become a generic but um the pharmaceutical no. people can update it that's that's not that's not what a patent medicine that's what a I mean, maybe that's what a modern patent medicine is, right? Mm -hmm. But um, did you ever see Sweeney Todd? Yes. You ever see the kid who's like by Pirelli's miracle elixir, it'll do everything? Oh, that, yeah. That's patent medicine. So basically you come up with this like liquid or or pill or, you know, whatever, right? Snake oil. And then you're just like, yeah, it's exactly snake oil. Yeah. I was thinking of a different patent. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like that changed when the FDA kind of um, started, but uh, for the most part, and that that was like the early 1900s, but for the most part, that's how all ads were, though. Like, you know, you would get an ad for, we'll just say a radio, right? Mm-hmm. And it'll be like, it'll completely transform your life. No, you don't need electricity. And that's a bad example. I mean, is it, is it because is it because there's transformers in a radio and it's going to transform your life? Oh, I like that. No, I'm, I wonder if that was ever used because that was pretty good. Because I mean, yeah, that was one of the first like electrical step down things. So, um, God, I if they if didn't that was, use that, that, was, that that's they're a missed off. That's a travesty. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Did you just improv that? I did. Everything I do work. is improv. I don't do research. <laughs> yeah, ne- neither do I. <laughs> I just use Chad GPT and it tells me everything I need to know. Yeah, well, I mean, this episode, that's about how that's going <laughs> so, <laughs> now. But like, um, so people started receiving their media in a new way, I guess is all I'm trying to say. And with 75% of people owning like a radio, and this is at the dawn of the Great Depression, right? That 75% of people, have, which that's just weird to me. Like, yeah, how do they get a radio? Like, like yeah, they can't even they can't, go to like they can't even go to Oregon. How can they get a radio? 
I have no idea. Like this, that's something else that I got to look into at some point. But like I said, I'm a little bit sporadic today. Wasn't everyone going uh going west during the Great Depression to try and like find jobs and yeah. money, which is basically well, just the Oregon Trail, but um, but a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah, and also no more dysentery modern. this time around. <laughs> no. And if there is dysentery, thank God that uh, Mr. Fleming or Doctor Fleming invented the antibiotic. Well, actually, that was during World War II that he invented it, so it wasn't quite yet. <laughs> and good thing we have all that mercury for people to use. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pirelli's Miracle Elixir is, uh, you can find the link in the doobly-doo. Um, <laughs> just uh, uh, 15% off if you use the code fuck you. Um, <laughs> Whoa, that's a good code. Modern news, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's what I was just going to go back to. So, throughout the so throughout the 1920s, it was a bunch of this yellow journalism, right? Which was just a bunch of eccentric claims and a bunch of sensationalism, right? So basically, like, it, it's a lot like clickbait. Right. You read these sensational headlines and you're like, oh, I got to know more, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, why is radio becoming so popular? I, I, I don't know anything about this. Like, why is radio becoming the number one source of music now like i liked my vinyl record player <laughs> like or whatever you know um but they they just you know top 10 tips for your whatever like yellow journalism has been a lot around for a long time and it's just recently started to pop up again right and what is yellow journalism well i mean it's really just sensationalism okay. more than anything else um so the idea of like that you can sell more newspapers by the way um by just being a little bit exciteful or eccentric mm. right um, why do they call it yellow journalism why the term yellow? um well and that's what i looked up to right because i thought originally it had to do with an asian culture right mm -hmm. um but it is not. Uh, yeah, sec. I forget, but it has to do with the New York Times and somebody else, or maybe it was the New York Post. Hogan's Alley. Yeah, Hogan's Alley. Alley. Um, yeah. The comic strip featured a character called the Yellow Kid. The Yellow Kid, and he wore a yellow nightshirt in the comic strip comic strip itself was published in yellow ink oh so, okay yeah but i i originally thought like um i originally thought you know like in the 1800s they would call asian people yeller and that's what i thought was like oh yellow journalism okay so it's just racism again yeah right but no not so much so um but it appeared prominently in two New York newspapers, the New York World and the New York Journal. So I was wrong about the New York Times. Um, there's so many which, New York things, so it's understandable. Yeah, well, the, well, I mean, there's the New York Post, too. There's, I mean, like, but that's the thing is that, like, eventually all of these, um, like, mass media ownership just gets really weird. So I don't understand. Like, well, I don't know why you think it's weird that uh 15 billionaires own every news outlet that we read there's something weird 15, with that. well it's like 15 billionaires and like how many other people 
Like there's like 15 billionaires and I think it's like 16 corporations or something like that, right? I mean, those are just owned by another other billionaires that are part of that 15 billionaires. They're all the same yeah. people. Well, that's fair. They're, they all hang but, out together. Yeah. Fancy dinner parties. Yeah. And the scientists never get involved because they never yeah. get invited to those fancy dinner parties. And then they invent a uh, contraption that makes everyone jump slightly to the left. Oh, and it's actually 15 billionaires and six corporations. I said 16, yeah. but it's six. Yeah. I was just so, making a reference it, to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh. I love that movie. I've always wanted to read the book. I've just never gotten that far. Man, there's a lot of, there's a, what, six books to it? Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. So, though I do love Dirk Gently's holistic detective agency yeah that's pretty funny yeah. too yeah um but like at&t comcast the walt disney company national amusements um which includes viacom and cbs uh the news corp and fox corporation which are both owned by the murdochs sony and hearst communications are the major corporations that own modern media there's five books Is there five? <laughs> Good. so like i don't know like so we have to kind of consider though too like that until the start of the 20th century like newspapers they kind of held the monopoly on community news right right um, and they really thrived after World War II. By the 1950s, like you had all these different families, right? Um, or wealthy individuals. They were, they kind of owned all these local newspapers, right? And the local newspaper was handed down from like generation to generation of generation. Mm -hmm. At its peak, they, they all kind of became local monopolies. I guess you could say, right? Because, like, let's say that you live in, oh, I need a generic name. For, uh, well, New York's a little bit big. But, uh, like, Chicago. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's say you lived in Syracuse. Okay. Wait, what? <laughs> Syracuse. Syracuse. It's in New York. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's like a mid sized city, something like that. It's a bigger right? than Buffalo. I don't know. <laughs> I've only been to Buffalo once and I hated their airport. So. All right. So mm. some solid town in New York, Syracuse. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, mid-sized city sort of thing. Um, but like, are, are you going to trust Buffalo's news? Because like Syracuse and Buffalo, they're not too far away, by the way. Um, Syracuse distance to Buffalo, by the way is like i don't know like 150 miles away or something like that right and buffalo and niagara falls they're not too far away either rochester falls in about the middle but i would basically um, uh believe the bigger cities news other than a small town cities news like I, I but if you live in the small town right yeah and that's all that you've ever known your whole life you don't you don't move away because that's it's kind of how this works generally is like you, in general, 
you tend to live around where you've always grown up. Now, you and I are a little bit different in that respect because, like, I live an hour away from where I grew up, but you live, like, eight hours away from where you grew up, right? Yeah. But we're we're kind of the minority in that because, like, we never necessarily felt an attachment to those places, right? Right. But for the people who did feel an attachment, they probably want to be involved in whatever's going on locally, mm-hmm. right? So if you found out that, well, some natural disaster like a tornado affected your hometown, right? And three months later, you know, you just want to hear the local news regarding how are we rebuilding from that or or what's going on? Like, you know, I'm out of work because my factory was destroyed. Like you would rely on the local newspaper to be able to tell you those things. Yeah. So they kind of have a monopoly over what's going on right in front of you, if that makes sense. It does make At least. sense. And so most of them, like most of these newspaper companies, that's how they always existed, right? Like in 1953, 1,300 newspapers were owned by independent publishers. And by 1980, the number of independent publishers went down to about 700 because all these companies started realizing that, hey, you know, um, it might make sense for us to buy up these local newspapers because, like, people are curious about the news. Mm Mm-hmm. So why don't we move in on their terrain, buy up these local companies, let them kind of do things the way that they were doing it. But, you know, we'll handle the business aspects of it. They can focus on the journalism and we'll focus on the costs. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, a small town news organization, they probably don't have the funds that a larger news organization has. So they're able to still doing their small town news the way they always have been. But maybe having a larger one control the finances so maybe they can have a larger spread than just the local news yeah seems fine i don't see anything that could probably go wrong (laughs) (laughs) well well i mean something went wrong they just became yeah well i mean eventually like uh these bigger corporations they just kind of realized hey you know what um these smaller companies like nobody would bat an eye at them but like they're making a lot of money. So if we can convince them to go public, right, we can buy a bunch of shares and we can we can kind of skim off of that. Or they just buy them outright and now all of a sudden they have their own money mill, so to speak, right? Yeah. Um, and that that's kind of the trend that you notice from about 1970, somewhere in the 1970s, through the 1990s, is these bigger companies just sweeping in buying up these smaller publications and even sometimes larger publications. Right. And then like they'll, they'll invest in better printer press technology. Right. Because I mean, I'm sure that you remember that the comics were originally in black and white, but then eventually they ended up in color sort of thing. They had red all over. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, I mean, there was a lot of technology for them to invest in. Um, but eventually with the dawn of the internet, like these companies, I don't want to say they went away, but they had to find new ways to adapt or they went away. So a lot of them shifted to like, Hey, you know, two ninety nine a a week. Well, we'll give you a digital copy of our newspaper, no delivery fees involved. I mean, it's cheaper for them. You know, they're 
just trying to survive. But eventually people started getting their news from other sources, um, whether that be TV, which started to become way more polarized, right? Like the amount of feudalism that you notice between different news branches, as you mentioned um, the CNN article about Ron DeSantis earlier, because CNN has nothing bad to say about Republicans. No, right? they don't. They're totally unbiased, yeah. like a news should be. <laughs> and they only give the facts and they never say well, anything funny, bad. Well, the funny thing is like from about like the 19, I'd say 40s to the, about the 1960s, the news really tried to remain unbiased because they're like, no, this is what this is what people are reaching out to us for this is why they you know but somewhere in the 70s with the advent of like cnn and these more polarizing um news networks and these new mediums of capturing people right Mm -hmm. like as an example i remember growing up and my dad would listen to rush limbaugh every weekend yeah so and my dad's a chill dude don't get me wrong but like he was just curious on what his take was on things. But that's not the experience that most people have when they listen to Rush Limbaugh. Most people, when they listen to Rush Limbaugh, right, they're... Um, that's a, a little bit biased. Like they, yeah. it, I guess what I'm trying to say is that people kind of seek out the news that fits what they think. Right. Because because all of a sudden there are these there are more options. I mean, like cable TV was invented in I think the 1960s, right? And as a result, like you had all a bunch more options than what you had previously, and you'd find news that kind of fit how you thought. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. I mean, you you kind of want that confirmation of what your idea is, and kind of have that confirmation biasm. I mean, that's totally a thing. I mean, I can totally understand why someone would only want to hear what they're thinking so they can be reaffirmed that they're right. Because no one wants to be but wrong. That's just... And no one wants to think that they're wrong. <laughs> Everyone... I mean, I'm fine with... Yeah. The thing is, like, I'm fine with being wrong. Yeah. You're fine with being wrong. Right. I'm just... Everybody wrong. fucks up. <laughs> I was wrong once before, but I was mistaken, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's interesting that, I mean, it's 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 interesting that your your dad would listen to Rush Limbaugh just to see his take on it. Uh, I'm sure people thought that Rush Limbaugh was a, you know, just a smart guy and knew what he was talking about, and that he wasn't biased at all or had to push his own agenda. Um, but to see other people's, I mean, if you were watching Fox News just to see what their uh, the other side was saying about an issue, and then just kind of meeting somewhere in the middle between CNN and Fox News, but for the most part, you're going to get the same facts on the situation, but you're going to have a weird, I mean, like we mentioned in the previous episode of, you're going to have this weird, I reasons why something is happening rather than just the facts. So if when Fox News is talking about one situation and CNN is talking about the same situation and they're covering the same facts, they're going to have a different reasons why that is happening. Right. It's almost like listening to two entirely different stories and you wouldn't even realize it unless you were paying close attention that they were talking about the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Like recently, I hear a lot from the right about how 
the Dems are trying to overtake everything and this and that. And on the left, I hear like, I don't actually hear a lot on the left. I mostly just talk to people on the right. (laughs) That's kind of a sad fact in my life. And I'm just over here like sighing, like, but I guess my point of contention remains the same though. Like whatever you're around, I don't know. Whatever you're around, you you tend to be influenced by that. Yeah. And then after becoming influenced by that, you tend to try to find either ways to refute that, or if you like the idea, then ways to go along with that. Right. Now, in my instance, I'm typically using ways to refute that because I can already see the bias in certain people's arguments. I just don't feel like arguing. But, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like... I mean, at some point, let's say Fox News and CNN are unbiased. So they they tend to just watch CNN for whatever reason because, you know, CNN was unbiased. They're getting good news. And then over time, they might not have realized that CNN is pushing their own agenda. So over time, they're now adapting this, slowly adopting the CNN perspective. And now they're only going to go with CNN's idea of what's right and wrong or their personal agendas on why things are happening. I mean, I could see that. I typically agree with this guy, so yeah. therefore I'm going to continue agreeing with him even when I'm unsure because he's typically in line with what I'm thinking. Yeah, I could totally, I could totally see this that happening for someone if they're watching a certain news well, program over 20 years and not differentiating between another news channel and then just slowly not... It's almost like they're grooming people into their own ideals, but it's not really grooming because it's just news. Well, even then, like, as an example, Fox News has fallen out of favor with the far right, right? Whereas, like, like I, most of them, I shouldn't say most of them, a lot of them seem to prefer Newsmax now, which whatever i've never listened to anything on newsmax so i i have no idea what it is but it can't be worse than Infowars, where <laughs> apparently like we're talking about turning the frogs gay so which i mean he once again like there was a shred of news in that where it's like this chemical company was dumping things into the water and it was actually causing the frogs to do weird things yeah. right there was a shred of evidence to that but at the same token, like Alex Jones is just nuts. <laughs> like he's just he's extremist and he's like taking things like way too far. It's like, yeah, we shouldn't be dumping chemicals. You're absolutely right about that. Why did this need to be a 45 minute segment about turning frogs gay? But like, hey, I don't care if frogs gay or not. As far as chemical exposure goes, like that's pretty low on my list of shit to care about. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You care about the toxins being poured into a lake or a pond or whatever that's the important part right right like, yeah that's i <laughs> it shouldn't happen there's a cause and like, effect you know what I, you're putting right. too much emphasis on the effect rather than why it happened well i mean like <laughs> yeah it's exactly that yeah <laughs> why are you so mad at the frogs and not the chemicals <laughs> I mean, right yeah why what if those chemicals why is it that the frog <laughs> 
Right. Well, I mean, it probably just disagrees with his traditional Judeo-Christian values, even though he's saying fuck or shit all the time. Like, you know, whatever. Like, choose and censor how you want, I guess. But, like, the worst part is, do you know where I first heard about InfoWars? Was it at work? No. Oh, where? No. Uh, on Facebook. Oh, geez. Yeah. And there was a pretty big debate. I don't even remember what the topic was about, but like people were like at each other's throats about it. And I'm like, I don't even recognize InfoWars as like a good source. No. Like, yeah. like this was like when they were first coming off, it was like one of my Marine friends. And he's like, oh, didn't you hear about this? And I'm like, like, why the fuck do I care? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's like if I only got my news from Facebook mm-hmm. or uh, one subreddit. <laughs> oh, dear God. Yeah. Like, I only... and of course, it's the mega subreddit, yeah, right? I only get my news from um, Democrats are. Um, I only get my news from Pizzagate, actually. I only follow that subreddit, <laughs> Pizzagate, and that's how I get all of my news. So. Um, is it good news or is it cheesy? <laughs> That's it. That's right. It might be saucy content. <laughs> and people should uh, definitely be more aware of where they're getting their news from. But like, if you just don't know, like you could just get caught in that trap of like, oh yeah, I can. I'm listening to this news source and it sounds great. And I guess now this is real, but. Well, it comes back to that self-confirming bias, right? Yeah. And I think that a lot of that has to do with, like, as soon as you find somebody who agrees with you, you get a small dopamine hit, just like that, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, while I understand that, emotions are not an appeal to logic. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. But so many people just throw up like like instantaneous fisticuffs <laughs> over like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like uh, you go on some Reddit sub forums and they're like, a woman should not be portraying herself like that. It's like you watch a ton of porn, dad. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's the problem with the news nowadays. Well, the problem is that it's actually shifted to just becoming we trust what people with like-minded ideals tell us to trust. Yeah. And that's not all right, man. No. Like we've become so lazy with fact-checking because the century of Walter Cronkite's was always there for us, but now it's gone. And that was like my issue with I mean, that's when I first brought up the issue of like people just don't fact-check anymore. And they just believe whatever they first read or first hear from what they think are reputable news sources. And maybe they're reputable news sources. I mean, I'm not saying CNN and Fox News or... I'm, no, I'm, I am no. saying InfoWars is not a reputable news source. But <laughs> I also... I don't, I don't even know if they're on the news. Uh, I don't think they're broadcasting anymore. They're not a local... They're, well, I mean, it's not like they're on satellite TV or anything like that. I think you literally have to pay a subscription online to watch them, yeah. which that should be your first key indicator that probably not a reputable news source. If somebody's trying to scam you out of money so that way you subscribe to their content online, chances are that they're not a reputable news source. By the way, we have a Patreon page. <laughs> also, uh, <laughs> New York Times and New York Post and 
uh, all these uh, articles that you read online, they also have a subscription. Yeah. But also Alex yeah, Jones and, was sued. And I don't know if he's actually going to be podcasting anymore. I kind of doubt it. Yeah. Like that lawsuit seemed pretty um, like he. So that's the thing. Like going back to that, like even Fox News, man, like. Oh, yeah, they were sued, too. Yeah, Tucker Carlson got kicked off the air because they were like, well, we don't want to have any, anything to do with you anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he loved you know them. what I mean? Brought, Carl Tuckerson brought them so much money, too. Like, he was like their most oh, yeah. viewed asset. He was the fanboy. Yeah, everyone loved him. But yeah. as soon as it started costing them money, they're like, I'm out. Peace. Get out. Yeah. And I mean, I guess in all of this, I mean, we have to wonder exactly where that sort of um, feudalism started, that sort of, excuse me, um, that sort of I'm right versus you're right sort of mentality, mm -hmm. or I'm right, you're wrong, right, versus, you know, like, I, and I mean, I really think it's... The the issue that I guess I have, and I guess it's sort of some cognitive dissonance in there, right? Is that like it probably all started from having different media choices, right? So like CNN became a thing and Fox News became a thing and it kind of polarized people to one side or the other. And then all these other news broadcasters realized, oh, well, this sort of sensationalism or yellow journalism is really just bringing in more revenue. Right. It all comes down to what's getting the most views. How am I, how do I get the most people watching my news to get the most ad right. revenue to get the most money? Yeah. Yeah. That's all it comes down and, to. And I mean, marketing does the same thing, though. It does. Right? And yep. I mean, like, you realize that by fragmenting your audience, and when I say that, I mean, like, this product is not going to appeal to everybody, mm -hmm. but I will target the people who it does appeal to. Yeah. So in this instance, let's take... Oof, you got a good made-up product? Mm. I have one, but it's lewd. Um, a made-up product? I don't know. I mean, Alex Jones was always trying to sell sub brain supplements to make you smarter. And um... okay, we can go with that. <laughs> so I have these brain supplements, right? Um, <laughs> clinical evidence has shown that chamomile will calm you down, and if you are going to be a rational thinker, then you need to calm down. Nothing is worth getting this upset about. Nothing. Nothing. So we have fused that with lavender, which historically through the 1800s, and now you can look this up, by the way, medications from the 1800s, right? They almost always include lavender. They, they don't actually almost always include lavender. No. But moving forward. Um, now, this is a holistic approach. Now, the doctors are going to tell you that they've done clinical trials on their so-called medications. But those same doctors so, were doing the uh, experiments on 
people to give them terrible diseases and they turn into gay frogs. <laughs> yeah, but that's what led us to scientific revolution. Stay with it. <laughs> like, so you can't do you understand yeah. how that that's not going to appeal to most people. No. Okay. That doesn't appeal to me at all. <laughs> like, like me saying that I almost cr well, actually I did cringe a couple of times. And I, had I, don't, to stop, I don't know but... how Alex Jones sold all his brain medication. No, his because brain he doesn't care. <laughs> to he doesn't care about the actual authentic well-being of people. Yeah, he just wants to make money. People believed him. <laughs> that's the, I, that's I don't the doubt it. Part. The thing is that they only believed him because he was so passionate about what he did. That's true. Because if you were that angry constantly, somebody would be like, oh, shit, this is a reason for me to get riled up about. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, in that little bit there that I did, like, there was no logic whatsoever, right? Like, 1800s, going back to the 1800s, there's, there's nothing there. Like, it was all patent medicine. We established that before. Like, all that stuff that uh, Pirelli's, miracle, yeah, Pirelli's Miracle Elixir, which... Link in the doobly-doo. Now made with um, more mercury. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I like mercury. It's good for the... It made the Mad Hatter matter. It's good for the heart. Get your blood going. It is not good for the heart. As an ex-nurse, I cannot suggest that you take mercury ethically at all. Like, that's <laughs> a bad idea. In every instance, like, somebody's like, well, it's not for this instance. There's no medication currently that I can think of that uses mercury. But Alex Jones told me that his brain pills <laughs> made with more mercury than the the 1.0 batch. <laughs> yeah, Alex Jones can also pound salt. I don't really give a shit. Like, <laughs> like I think Alex it's just Jones, like uh, <sighs> I don't know. Like, you think he's great? No, I think he. <laughs> No. deserved his lawsuit where he lost billions of dollars because he was convincing everyone that uh like i think it was like a weird school shooting that um he was just saying uvaldi. that it was fake and it was all actors portraying yeah it was it. the uvaldi school shooting yeah. we actually just hit a year not too long ago with that and then he just convinced all his like listeners that it was it was a hoax and they they need to look at the evidence and then he got sued and lost billions it's it's definitely not because his evidence was bad yeah, it's definitely not like fox getting sued by dominion for saying that the election was stolen and right. everything was uh fraud and it definitely has no relation anything like that <laughs> where you can just yeah, out yeah. lies and not be sued and lose i mean i get all my news off of twitter <laughs> so like you know twitter was full of it too but they're unbiased yeah well luckily so twitter elon made sure yeah luckily elon musk is a new savior and everyone loves him and he's doing great because he's a self-made billionaire and he's just trying to save yeah. the world with his rockets and cars and free speech his free speech unless it's against like twitter yeah which has nothing, yeah. no comparison to the Palmer Reigns where... <laughs> no, no, nothing to do with that. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not like we got any sort of animosity from this, but seriously, don't talk bad about Twitter. Otherwise, we will suspend your account. Yeah, and also... And we can't give... Yeah, and also don't talk bad about America. 
<laughs> because you'll get arrested for being a communist. But- and also, these verified blue badges, um, they're completely voluntary. You don't have to do it. But um, once you have so many volunteer, volun- or followers, yeah, it's not volunteers. Yeah, Once you have so many followers, you, uh, you have to do it, though. At least people don't get arrested for being a communist anymore. I mean, I hope not. You know, I actually didn't fact check that. They still, <laughs> I'm just assuming they, they still use this law, by the way. The espionage law, they definitely still use that. So let me just Google real quick recent uses of the Espionage Act. Hmm. I'm just glad that um, a lot of the communist state <sighs> is now just anti Russia and anti China. Which is weird because Trump was trying to do so many trades with China and Russia. And, <laughs> well, I mean, he involved Russia in the campaign. Like, it's not. Uh, oh, okay. So, an old piece of. This is from USA Today. An old piece of anti spy legislation is back in the headlines after FBI searched former Donald President's Mar a Lago residence for classified materials. They believe he took from the White House. Does that fall under the espionage thing? The FBI has cited violations of the Espionage (laughs) Act as a catalyst for its documentation seizure and reported uncovering materials marked top secret slash SCI. Whoa. Among them was a grant of clemency for famed Trump associate Roger Stone. (laughs) So, yeah. It was literally just used a hundred years later, literally almost exactly a hundred years later. Like when was this article written? So 2022, the Espionage Act was in uh, 20 or sorry, 1918 or maybe it was 1917. It was 1917. Um, but literally 105 years later, they used this against a president. Yep. Well, luckily, excellent work. Trump's doing great right now, and he's not being sued by anyone or any kind of big lawsuits. I don't know. His followers on social media seem to think this is all a hoax, which, like, every president, by the way, like, okay, so this is just going with my own reporting style, by the way, but every president, mm-hmm. after they get out of office, has to have classified documents that they're unaware of. Probably. I'm just... To go after a president because you just don't like him, that's a dangerous precedent to set. You see what I'm saying mm-hmm. there? Because when Biden gets out of office, is he going to be sued? Like, okay, so A, I think the dude has Alzheimer's and doesn't have a clue what he's doing. <laughs> but that said, like, he doesn't have a clue what he's doing. Does that necessarily violate? Like if he misplaces some documents, yeah, are they are the Republicans going to go after him? It's like probably. I mean, they're <sighs> definitely most likely going to try and do everything they can to go after him. Um, I think it's slightly well, different just because Trump took them when he was done being president. Well, I mean, I'm not advocating for the for dude that reason for New York. He's being sued for other reasons. Yeah, I mean that was just a news article that popped yeah. up and. Uh, I'm not advocating for the dude because I don't like the dude, but simultaneously like that we have entered 
a dangerous era of fragmentation between audiences. Right. I guess is I guess that's the best way to put it. And Trump is actually a good Where, example of like what for modern news and how news is being spread because everyone was looking at Fox News and CNN for news and then Trump would say on Twitter that everything is fake news and everyone's trying to go against him so he was using his own social media to push his own news to right. invalidate every other news around him well and the funny thing is do you remember Infowars yeah so guess what president endorsed uh, Infowars at one point in time Obama got it good <laughs> was was it trump it was it, it was definitely trump makes sense um, now i i don't remember i can't find the quote right now um, i think that's actually what later. pushed info wars to become more uh, mainstream yeah, yeah. well it, it was really um dominant within some people in the military yeah not all people in the military but just some people in the military um it it really started circulating there yeah um so like my wife was in the navy and like you know she uh she saw that firsthand and she's like yeah dude i don't drink the kool-aid so like i'm gonna stay over here if that's all right like you know it's funny because alex jones didn't like trump like he was betting against him yeah and then yeah, uh, uh, he was pushed by Trump, and then he changed sides because of money. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, or just the fact that he wasn't right, and he's like, "Well, whatever. Yeah, I can, I can make this work for me. I can make this work for my business." So, you had a pivot. like, we have a Mac code, like, so I, I don't, um, so I work, I work as a, a diesel engineer, and um, we have a Mac code tool guy comes about every week who likes to spread the gospel of the right wing that's nice of him yeah do you have a snap on um, truck that spreads the gospel of the left wing that'd be really funny oh he just doesn't um he just doesn't spread the gospel the snap on guy of or the any party the, the snap on oh, guy yeah, both echo and snap on show up yeah we're fancy uh <laughs> most most shops do um, but the matco guy he spreads yeah. the gospel of the right wing yes yes and he likes to explain about how he has no money because nobody will buy anything and then i ask him for a 10 millimeter wrench yeah. um and he quotes me $70 for it. <laughs> and I say hard pass. And then he's like, well, that's the best I can do. Times are tough. And it's like, I get it. I mean, and this is an extreme example because yeah. I did ask him for a $10 wrench, but I think it was only $45. But that's for a 10 millimeter wrench. You can buy like I could, and then 30 I, of them. Well, I told him I could buy a set of Huskies for that. I just lost my 10 millimeter. And he's like, well, you might have luck in the used bin. And I'm like, for a 10 millimeter? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I mean, and I get that he has to make money too, but he doesn't offer any incentives to buy from him. Last time I went to him with a warranty claim, as an example, he's like, oh, you broke it. And I'm like, it was broke when I got it. No, I can see here that you did something to it. 
it was like a $40, $50 rivet gun. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not even going to fuck with it. Like, you want to argue this, I'm fine with this. But you lost my business as a result. And now he comes around saying that it's all the Democrats' fault because he's not getting business. At least the snap-on guy's nice. Yeah, he's chill. Yeah, Mark's a good guy. He knows his, uh, so. he knows his products are overpriced. Yeah, he's just yeah. Trying to make but at the same movie. time. Well, I mean, and the worst part is like he he got some sort of like friend or family member or something like that who goes out in the tool truck now while he handles like ordering things in the background. Like he's doing all right, but he'll also give you a good deal if like you're buying something. And I'm not saying that like good deals, I'm not saying that even a great value proposition is necessary to make it as a business. Like, I'm not saying that at all. Mm -hmm. All I'm saying is that, like, the left is not responsible for your problems. But neither is the right. Neither side is responsible for your problems. Your problems are your own doing. And I would have thought that accountability would have sank in at some point. But I feel like the right is not making our economy any better they're probably not but neither is the left no they're not (laughs) yeah everybody's kind of fucking you all over the place so like by polarizing yourself it's like like and i'm all for like social reform Mm -hmm. right i get that that's largely needed over here and i'm certainly not suggesting that i'm right because i'm certainly not always right have you been keeping up on the uh that ceiling rising i've been ignoring it <laughs> it seems like a pissing match where biden wants to throw out his tiny dick but so does mccarthy so uh and meanwhile you have common sense there in the middle with its big swinging dick like pissing on both of them like just do something yeah from what i've been reading from my news sources <laughs> is it social media uh it is social media uh mostly oh. uh let's see i follow i follow some people on instagram and they talk about it and then i follow some i don't really follow anything on reddit but i do just read what's what they're trying to push and i'm not fact checking mm-hmm. it because i'm a good i'm a good citizen and i only uh <laughs> and i only believe what i read and I, I'm sure the truth is somewhere in the middle <coughs> where the Republicans are uh, not wanting to raise a debt ceiling, but the left wants to raise a debt ceiling. And they said they'll only raise a debt ceiling if we cut Medicare and social programs, even though the debt ceiling is an issue brought from Trump and tax cuts from corporations and the wealthy which made it so we were the government was getting less money because of those tax cuts <laughs> which made it so we could but you didn't fact check nah, i'm not fact checking this oh chat, chat okay. gpp doesn't isn't updated for 2023 yet so i'll get this i'll no. fact check it in like two years <laughs> that's a good point you probably should wait yeah. you know but the evidence will become larger I, at that point i'm sure the truth is somewhere in the middle with that whole fiasco of yeah we're gonna the right 
the Republicans want to do tax cuts for the for wealthy corporations and the wealthy one ten percent one percent and so now the government's getting less money in taxes from people and now we can't pay our debt because it's getting less money because of those tax cuts and now they want to cut programs to make up for that tax cuts and not getting yeah. extra money and they want to cut medicare and because the right of always wanted to cut medicare Did you hear what Marjorie Taylor Greene was proposing <laughs> in Congress? She's, she's. I feel like we should have a Marjorie Taylor Greene quote of the week. By the she's way, a, she's something. She's just nuts. She's a dumpster but, fire. Well, I mean that that actually attributes to just her white trash upbringing, but like moving forward from that, like. She said that she was going to put legislation in some act. I don't even remember what that banned porn. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, the right wing is going to get more upset about that than the left wing, right? Like the right wing can cling to their morals and their bootstraps and all that stuff. But I know a lot of right wing people who are in some real weird porn. And don't ask how I know that. <laughs> well, I actually do ask. I, I ask them because like whenever I get uncomfortable in an argument, that's the easiest thing to like balance the tables. It's like, okay, so what type of porn are you into? <laughs> and I just say it so nonchalantly and I stare them in the eyes. <laughs> it's a really weird tactic on my part. I'll give you that, but I'm weird in general. Like, But it works really well because people get really kind of like insecure really quick. And then I just sit there with like this judgmental face like, hmm, okay but anyhow I, weirdly enough i get answers more often than not yeah, so weird. i would yeah. just make something up well i mean maybe that's what they yeah, do maybe so, but maybe they're just not witty yeah. enough and they just actually tell the truth they're well, in the furries. yeah or maybe they tell the truth yeah well <laughs> the worst part is i got that answer okay. once so yeah Maco tool guy <laughs> you're weird <laughs> i was at work at the factory and I made a furry joke, and he's like, what's that? And I'm like, Google it. And he Googled furry stuff. Did, was he happy? Uh, no, he's like, this is weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you know. Dumpster fire. To each their own. Yeah. All right, man. I think we should wrap up. Oh, man. We've gotten too weird this segment. I don't know. I mean, we'd made a good point about social media becoming the new news outlet since I get all my news from social media. Because why would I watch TV for news? That stuff's biased and doesn't give all the facts. And social no, media, point, though, Aaron. I guess, I guess only the true facts and it's totally unbiased yeah. in every regard. But I'm also, well, I mean, I'm, I've always been under the impression, I've always been skeptical of pretty much anything that I hear. And even with yeah. like the the ceiling, uh, the debt ceiling, like there is just so much going on with it. And also, it's kind of like the government's going to be able to pay for what they want. Like I was reading about a, an economist, um, where it's like if they raise the debt ceiling, it's not going to matter. They're they're going to be able to pay what they need to, and if it doesn't get paid, they still have to pay what they need to. You know, they need to pay their debt. They yeah, know. they act like there's like this really strict deadline, yeah. right? And I mean, I'm sure that there is a strict deadline, 
But I'm also sure that like, just like with my library finds, there's a couple days there where like, you know what I'm right. saying? It's, where if you tell somebody, hold up, hold up, hold up. You know what I mean? It just seems like it's this weird. It just seems like it's too complicated for the average. And that's kind of like what's going on with the news too, is like some stuff is just too complicated to actually like get out and talk about in like a 15 minute segment like we can't just talk about the yeah. debt ceiling and everything that goes on with it in 15 minutes i mean no. and most of our no. congressmen and senate and politicians like they're too dumb to actually know what a debt ceiling is and how money works yeah. they just you know right <laughs> well i mean they're elected officials but they're not elected based on like an iq test or anything no. like that you know what i mean just like they're 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 elected by charismatics and how much their opinions align. And that's a whole other or, issue or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like I know. Is that, I mean, when I get a job, I have to at least have like some experience with it. But if like, I want to be a politician, you have to have an interview. Like I literally have to have no experience and I could just be a politician. You just need confidence yeah. though. In my neighborhood, there was like this bartender from Lakewood who said that changes need to happen. And he got like, I assume a bunch of his bar cronies to sign a petition so that way he could be uh, running or not a petition. You need so many signatures to run for a house of representatives mm -hmm. um, thing. Right. But like the congressman who is running, they're great. Like there's no reason that I need to go with some radical, like left wing, like whatever the, the congressman who I voted for, they've had a great track record. So yeah. like, you going over there saying times need to change. That doesn't mean shit to me. I don't care if times. I mean, they do need to change. Yeah. I'm not arguing with that. But like you're arguing with somebody who historically has had a really good track record for like social situation or, you know, how do I want to put it? Social. Um, social programs, I guess, is the best way to put it. Like. Because after all, as we established, the only reason to like be a part of a government is if the government's helping you in some mm -hmm. way, and then you can help the government in some way. So healthcare, yeah, that makes sense. Like these sorts of social, how do I want to put it? There's a word for it. I just can't remember it right now. But these sort of social programs, they exist for a reason. And just like you don't like paying $200 for healthcare a month or 300 or 400, I don't like paying that either. And that seems like the medical system should help the people, if that makes sense, mm. as opposed to us fighting insurance companies. So that way we can actually have some treatment, which we all avoid because it costs too much money. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Too much for a different day. Yeah. I mean, our whole medical system is not flawed in any way. And I'm glad it works perfectly. And I'm glad everyone gets the help they need for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me too. <laughs> so I will uh I will leave you with a quote from Donald Trump and the amazing Alex Jones. I can't find it. <laughs> Sandy Hook. That's all I got. Oh, yeah, Sandy Hook. <laughs>
Well, if you enjoyed this episode, then you can listen to our other episodes wherever you found this episode. Also, if you like supporting the channel, you can tell your friends and uh, you can check out our Patreon. And yeah, next yeah, week, please it, do. Next week, we'll probably talk about what social media because everyone gets their news from social media now. Yeah, <laughs> even Fox yeah. is on social media. Yeah, that's quite yeah. the uh, well agreed. That's yeah. quite something. And and just remember, the globalist Humpty Dumpty has had a great fall, and all prop propagandists and all the new world order stooges and all the media horrors can't put them back together again. <laughs>